trying to think of all the generic things that I hear podcasters say. Like, yeah. And, yeah. Don't forget to like that. and subscribe. That's YouTube. <laughs> and top, tap that follow button to find out. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Time out, time out. It's a proven fact that generosity makes you a happier person. So if you would be so kind as to leave a five-star review on iTunes, then thank you. It was just black and white footage of just a bunch of sweaty dudes playing like basketball and it was like slow motion and it was just kind of like a I love your pod. Oh. I love your pod. Bod body spray. So creepy over the phone. This does. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, you remember when Axe did like the chocolate body spray and it had that really creepy commercial oh. of a guy made of chocolate? Yeah, I do remember that. Oh, those commercials were the worst. Oh, yeah. And like pe- women are just going to come by and like, take a chunks off of yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. creepy, yeah. weird. I don't want that body spray. No. <laughs> that does not entice me. I don't I... want to be walking around the street and women just picking parts off of me. No, I'm a person. No, I'm a person. I'm not a piece of chocolate. I'm not okay? an object. Don't treat me like chocolate. Absolutely not. And coming from like buy me some Nick is not like a box a of chocolate. A woman's standpoint of like what Axe was trying to do for men at the time. Like, no, it was a terrible scent. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. There's nothing about that that a woman wanted. We just wanted to run away. As no, I mean, little well, teenagers. Well, Axe, Axe, Axe hurt men more than it did women. <laughs> oh man. I don't know about that. <laughs> it perpetuated like, toxic masculinity. Spray a that's, whole can okay, and call it good. Just. Yeah, that's about right. Smells smells good. I remember. While well, everyone's suffocating, like unleashing. <laughs> my mom grounded me one one time for like unleashing half a can of body spray at like a birthday party, because somebody got me axe for my. I'm pretty sure it was like my 13th birthday, and I don't. We were literally talking about girls that we liked in youth group, and for some reason, like we just kept spraying back like axe body spray while discussing girls we liked in youth group. And finally, my mom came and was like, "I'm done." I can smell it from in the living that's room. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. She but was rightfully ex Yeah, no, that's you're a mess. I it I was like 14 years old, and my friend comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, I have this cologne. Do you want it?" And it was Curve. <laughs> curve. Curve for men. Curve. I've never heard of such Dude. a thing. Oh no, I, I know what that, that is. Smell. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that that I wore that. That one bottle lasted me like throughout high school. It was like a huge bottle, and I didn't wear it that <laughs> wow. often. But it smelled so good. Man, the last bottle that I got was a bottle of Dracar Noir. And I remember loving Dracar Noir. Until I watched an episode of It's Always Sunny where they were like, hold on, man. I got to put on my Dracar Noir. And I was like, oh, this is a trashy thing, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it funny how pop culture can influence your brands? Yes. Like Van Heusen. Van Heusen? I will Van never Houston. buy Van Heusen because of that scene in The Office where Todd Packer is like, hey, be careful. It's Van Heusen. <laughs> <laughs> And I never want to be like him, so I won't buy it. I mean, I guess that's fair. That is that is genuinely super fair. Speaking of brands, for for 420 Weekend, um, Molly and I watched like a bunch of like stoner movies. And one of the last ones we watched was Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which apparently is the movie that like, gave Vans like their starting point. Really? Because Sean Penn wears... Yeah, because Sean Penn wears Vans throughout the whole movie. But it's weird because Sean Penn is maybe in like... 15 minutes of that movie and in my head 
I'm thinking before we watch it, I'm like, this is that movie where Sean Penn is stoned the whole time. It's going to be great. <laughs> Which is like not the premise of the movie. There like, is no premise of that movie. There is no premise, but like the underlying like quote unquote premise is just underage girls like having se- like having a bunch of sex with yeah. people they shouldn't be having sex with. And I'm yeah. like, I feel really gross watching this. Yeah. And to think that you're somebody's daughter. It's, like, it's, it's just, just a, like multiple stories of high school students having like sex having sex sexual people, encounters having that's sex it. with people going dude are you sure you're 18 and then be like yeah but they're 15 so it's like but that's so popular well how many times did that actually what? happen in yeah how many times did it actually happen in the movie though the first sex scene is between a 15 year old and a 24 year old you averted the question i'm trying to think of how many other times they, they uh yeah there's a scene where where judge reinhold wholesome wholesome judge reinhold jerks off to his sister's friend who's also 15 and judges is 18 that scene like that famous scene of her like opening yeah. up her bikini she's 15 <laughs> well not in real life not in real life but like in the movie she's supposed to be 15 it's just like mm, and it's all weird 15 and somebody tells you they love you're gonna I don't, I don't believe it. I, yeah, I was like, I don't really know the rest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, fuck Axe Body Spray and don't have sex with minors. Welcome yeah. to the Lesser Lights Podcast, the short film review podcast. I'm Nick Catrufo. I'm Nick Blackburn. And I'm Celestial Jackson. Welcome back, Celeste. Hi, it's so good to be back. I've missed you guys. I've missed the podcast. <laughs> Happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Is it, Wait, is it the fifth? No, it's the sixth. No, yesterday. but it was yesterday, and I didn't talk yeah. to you. Yeah, happy Cinco de Mayo. I worked. <laughs> also, happy Cinco de Cuatro. Cinco de Cuatro. It was the day before that. Ha, ha, ha. Actually, Cinco de Mayo is uh, the two-year anniversary of the first time I ever drunk texted Molly. That's so magical. It's a Mexican love story. True love. <laughs> I was, no, I was, super, I, was, I was super drunk, and I was at, I was at a party at Hilltop, and... We we literally matched on Bumble, and I I she didn't say anything to me, and I was just I the, the funny thing was like, I didn't intend to get super drunk that night. Is Bumble the one where the girls have to message you yes. first? Yes, I like it. I'm, I'm for that. Fan. As somebody who doesn't like making the first move, perfect. As somebody who doesn't really know how to form words, great. Mm, incoherent, but I didn't even intend to get very drunk that night, and I just remember my friend like handing me margarita after margarita after margarita. Oh. And when I, w- I woke up in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m. And I had a text from Molly and or for, on, on Bumble. And my bio at the time was just Nick Trufo, aspiring vegan. And she went, she, she's like, what does aspiring vegan mean? And I went, it means I still put cheese on my pasta. And then I fell back asleep. And we've been together ever since. Aww. Now you're married. I'll put I'll put in some laughter in there <laughs> in, the, in the post. <laughs> I was really hoping for some. I was really hoping for some like oh and laugh, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, sorry about uh, not having an episode last week. We actually did record an episode, and then we could not. We kept running into so many technical errors with it that we just decided it would be easier to just redo it. And here we are, doing it again. So if you're listening to this, that means it came out on Friday. Yeah, it was, a, it was if, a if you're listening to this, it time. means it came out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you're listening to this, it's out. It's you're welcome. Out now. <laughs> and we're sorry. And we're very, very and thank sorry. you. Very, very sorry. Thanks for the Let's patience. Smash that like button. We 
we, we appreciate it. Oh my goodness. Okay. So since it's technically been like two weeks since we've really like done anything, what you guys been up to? Like, yeah, how was Cinco de Mayo? What you been up to, Celeste? Well, like to kind of backtrack since we haven't, I haven't been on the podcast in a little bit. Life's been kind of crazy. Just been working. I manage a restaurant and we're still open for takeout. So that's just been one a ride <laughs> yeah you could call it um but you know still surviving lucky i'm very blessed to have a job and i'm very appreciative of the spot i've been in but really like i've just been working and trying to get in as much time to do film as possible as well but yeah right. i've been it's been a roller coaster but just trying to survive covid man covid 2020 what oh what a time to be alive <laughs> what about you nick Oh man, you know me. I'm just trying to keep my butt wiped. <laughs> I I've been watching so I randomly found this show on Netflix called War of Dragons. And it is phenomenal. It's next level. I think that's a good way to describe it. It's it's like an anime but with puppets. Yes, you showed me the preview for it. Yeah. It's it looked very trippy. So, it's it's also I have a hard time watching animes that are only subbed mm-hmm. and i know that's like oh you're gonna watch anime you can't Controversial. do that yeah no i don't care i'm i speak english i would love it if my cartoons spoke english it's anime not a cartoon so if you could please get your facts straight <laughs> sir <laughs> i don't watch um, anime i'm sorry uh but <laughs> it's it i will say it's really hard to watch because it's so fast-paced and you have to keep up with the visuals and mm-hmm. the 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 um, subtitles, mm-hmm. which go extremely fast because the sh- the show is just like, you know. Um, so I've I ended up just watching it without any subtitles at all, just so I could focus on the visuals. Mm-hmm. I just started making up my own story for all the <laughs> characters. Um, it is so fascinating, though. Like, just the like the work they can do with these puppets to make it look so like smoothly animated like it's cgi like there are some parts where i, I will rewind it and rewatch it because it looks cgi but it's mm-hmm. puppets and it's crazy it's um it's a taiwan taiwanese company that makes it i think it's it's like pili in international i don't know how it's pronounced but mm-hmm. it's p-i-l-i okay mm-hmm. um and they've been doing this for a long time like making these type of like movies and shows i recently found out after i after i find found this i just kind of like dove into whoever this company is mm-hmm. they actually have a show called thunderbolt fantasy which um is evidently kind of popular it's on Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. it has a couple seasons and a couple movies okay they also made a, b- a bunch of movies in the same style like they've been making movies since like the early 90s really in this mm-hmm. same like puppet style in that boon raku style yeah um and they actually had a show that that uh premiered on adult swim I can't remember exactly what it was called. Um, it was like Wulan Warriors or something like that. But it did not do very well because... And I actually watched an episode of it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The 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 dub is like really, really, really bad. <laughs> the intro music is terrible. It's like a rock rap kind of thing. It was just in a bad time for TV. Mm. Gotcha. Um, so it, I'm pretty sure it only aired two episodes. Dang. Um, it's not even a fighting chance. Yeah, but I think people should really look into that. I think it's going to be the next big thing, honestly. Mm. Yeah, 
War of Dragons. War of Dragons. War of Dragons. I've been um, wanting to get into anime, so maybe that's where I'll start. Ah, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I wouldn't, but... <laughs> okay, well, I don't know, man. Well, I only say it's like an anime because the, like, the way the, like, story plays out and, like, the camera angles and things like that, it, like, plays out like, as if it's an anime. Oh, okay. But it's made with puppets. Oh, so it's oh, not. Okay. I don't know if it's. A, I don't know if it's a good primer for for anime. I didn't hear that part on the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a key, so I key watch factor. Right now. Okay, so retract like, that statement. Like America, that will not be where puppets. I'll be starting with anime. <laughs> 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 um. So I've just been working pretty nonstop and uh, uh, talking to talking to a few people about the script that I've been that I've been working on, uh, getting feedback on that, which has all been really positive, which has been great. Um, and getting ready to start like actually like, writing my second my second draft with locations and like body trying to like sort of illustrate body language just to really get the details driven home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a there was a sale on the PlayStation Network, and I picked up. I picked up Resident Evil 4 and Castlevania, and I'm nice. making my way through Castlevania right now. And then while playing Castlevania, Molly started the show Castlevania. And so I finally, like, m- our friend Neb has been trying to get us to watch it for a while, or trying to get me to watch it for a while, and I always put it off. And I don't know why. Whenever somebody makes a suggestion for me, I just in- instantly am, like, not watching it. And I don't know why. It's not even, like so, like, I don't trust this person. It's just, like... I'll get to it when I get to it's it. It's you don't you want you want it to be your decision. Yes, and it's so petty mm-hmm. and so dumb, and I hate myself no, for it. No, we all do it. Yeah, it's <laughs> I hate it, but like yeah. So I finally started it, and yeah, I'm only three episodes in, but like I'm 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 really really loving that. Um, and I'm playing Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which is like upsettingly hard. Like I I I don't understand how a child was expected to beat this in like the late nineties, but. I, I am I am having a decent time with it so far. Isn't that a damn thing though? Like whenever I go back and play older video games, I'm always like, "How did I do this as a kid?" Because it's so hard. Yeah, yeah. But as a kid, it was like, "Sure, I can totally do this, no problem." Like for Christmas, when my mom gave me my gave me the Sega Genesis, and we pulled out like Tiny Toon Adventures, a clearly child's game, and I can't get past like the eighth level because it's just nonstop running, jumping, and getting attacked. I don't understand. And I played Echo for like three days straight. <laughs> the Lynchian nightmare known as Echo. So good. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what I've been doing. Um, I was gonna ask. Well, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm just gonna ask anyway. Celeste, what have you been watching? Oh, so I recently started um, Ozark, which I think I'm behind on it, but yes. a bunch of people have been talking season. about ar- talking about it around me. So I like I was scrolling through Netflix, just trying to find something new, and I was like, I might as well watch the first episode. So I went ahead, and I am in season two. I'm absolutely in love. I've heard that season three is supposed to be crazy. So I'm I'm just it's a it's a great show. It's about these this couple or this family that launders money for the cartel and i'm not going to get into it because it's just like i want people to watch it but it's a really really good show if you're looking for something to binge watch that or tiger king i'm still gonna push that out there because i can't get those memes the songs i can't get it out carol did you see that nick cage just got cast oh yeah i didn't know if that was real i didn't know if that was real (laughs) i thought that could have been fake but yeah i did see that yeah nick cage got cast to play joe exotic i can't put into words how excited I am for that. I 
I'm both scared but excited because, like, as Nicolas Cage has progressed in his career, I have enjoyed more of what he's done. But at the end of the day, like, he is, he, it's tough for him to find a good role. I won't say he's a bad actor because I don't think he is. I think it's tough for him to find a good role. Because he's Nick Cage. When he goes into a movie, he plays Nick Cage. Yeah, he just. You have to. You have to have Nick Cage play Nick Cage. He's he's played some. Well, really you got to put him in a role where he can play where Nick he's Cage. He's not yeah. played himself and took on a character, but that can both go good and bad. But no, I think he's a good actor. Just I hope he does well for this. I think I think it's a good. I think it'll be a fun role. Mm. If it's anything like Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider. Oh my God. Try if again. Oh God. If it's Rider. anything like Ghost Rider, he's gonna have a blast. <laughs> yeah, Ghost Rider was. I forgot about that movie. Oh my goodness! I need to watch it. I saw again. that in theaters. <laughs> I yeah. I I, I think I remember seeing. I don't think I I've ever seen, the seeing full that movie. in theaters too. I was so excited because like the the trailer had like Crazy Train in it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be sick! And then like yeah, thirty minutes into that movie, I was like, this movie is incoherent, complete nonsense. Oh yeah, it's complete nonsense, sense. but it was so good still. Like just the the idea of it. <laughs> yeah. Other than War. War of Dragons. Mm-hmm. What have you been watching? Honestly, yeah, not much. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I've been playing a lot of video games recently. Hmm. Ooh, um, I've been playing this. I've been playing this new game called Mordhau, which actually don't know how new it is. I just it's new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a medieval Call of Duty. Basically, there's different game modes. Um, you play online. So I've been playing that with some of my friends from back in West Virginia. Um, it is, it's a good time, but I've also been playing a classic, which is this game called Cuisine Royale, which started out as like a kind of like satirical take on the whole like battle royale genre that was like blowing up. And I, I've never really liked that genre of games, but like this game kind of like the, the, I I liked it for the satirical value of it. Right. Cause like everything in the game was based around food. Um, but they've kind of they've added a lot of new things, and there's kind of like a paywall in the game now. Mm. Um, so it's not as good as it was, but but it's as good once. Yeah, it's 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 good for goofums. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to play with your friends. Nice. I um, like I said, I've, I've I've been playing Castlevania and just started the Castlevania show, but I did want to talk about a movie that mm-hmm. I did watch, um, called Come and See. Which has been like haunting me for like the past couple weeks now, as like one of the most like traumatic movies I've ever seen. Like I'm not, I'm not. It's a war movie, and I'm not really a big fan of war movies. Like in general, whenever I think war movies, I think Angry Dad. I think of Mm -hmm. my dad sitting on the couch watching a war movie, going, "These people cared. This is the greatest generation." Shut up! You all said the N word, and so it's just like. It was the first time sitting down and like watching a movie, a war movie that was so like cinematically stunning with such a like such a such a great story that just like really shows showed human depravity in a way that I had never never like really like witnessed before. The whole movie's about like a child soldier joining like the Russian army to fight the Nazis. And he goes and they're like they look at him and they're like, You you don't want to do this. You are going to stay behind. You trust me. This is not what you want to do. And he's very upset about it. And he goes on anyways. 
And yeah, the first half of the movie is just him kind of surviving. And the second half is um, the Nazis burning down a village in Russia. But it takes like a full hour for that whole sequence to like begin and end. And it is, it is gruesome. It is super sad. It is something though that I think everybody should watch at least once. And I, I, I cannot recommend it. it. It is so good, but it, it will, it will, it'll fuck your day up. <laughs> yeah, I've heard um, of this movie, and it's something that I've been wanting to see. And now that you've described it, it's, I just want to, I have to watch it. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, really good. Um, I will give you the same warning I gave you when we watched Irreversible. Like mm-hmm. once you see it, you, you cannot unsee it. Unsee it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. It is powerful. Um, cannot recommend it enough. Um, it's all and it's all in Russian, so be prepared for that. <laughs> uh, I I enjoy movies like that. Yeah, and it's going into the Criterion Collection in June. So like, I'm planning on picking up a physical copy of it because right now I just have like a, a digital copy, and I would I would really love to have an actual copy that I can hold in my hands. I've been getting more into like actually collecting movies that I think are like quote unquote masterpieces. So I want to like actually dive into that and grow grow the collection more the short film review <laughs> so the short i picked is a 2004 released australian film done by adam elliott called harvey crumpet and this film is pretty unique because it's completely done in claymation and it's narrated by jeffrey rush and if you don't really know who that is or if you watch it and you don't recognize his voice he's the therapist in the king's speech which I recommend that movie to everybody. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but amazing movie. I've actually uh, never seen it. Oh my god. It has goodness. my favorite Phenomenal cursing movie. I've ever seen in a movie. Favorite cursing? Yeah. What is yes. it? Yes. Oh literally yeah. There's a scene there's there's a scene where Jeffrey Rush is talking to I can't think of the actor's name and he looks at me and he goes, "Do you know the F word?" And the guy goes, "Fornication." And then he's like, "No, I want you to curse now." And he goes on this like cursing spree and like the camera like is around him all the time. I was like, shit, 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 fuck, fuck, bugger, 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 and tits. And that's the last curse of the whole thing. Yeah, oh, it it's a so phenomenal good. scene. I think that's my one of my favorite scenes in cinema is just yeah. that. Yeah, uh, you need to watch it, Nick. But that's, so he narrates it. Um, not the guy cursing, but the therapist. Um, and... We follow this life of this little Polish character named Harvey Crumpet, and the film starts off with a quick glance of Harvey, so it's in claymation, so it's this little character of Harvey, and then it quickly cuts to this quote, and it says, um, some are born great, some achieve greatness, some have greatness thrusted upon them, and then dot dot dot, there are others. And so during this point, there's beautiful violin music playing and it's just like, it's a really heartwarming and touching like intro. And then it goes into just Harry Crumpet crying as a newborn baby. And if I remember right, his parents had a very hard time conceiving him. So I think he was a miracle child, especially for the mom. Cause like at the beginning of the film, you really see their relationship build. But, um, However, he's born, but he's born with this terrible, unlucky life. And that's kind of where our story begins to take off. We follow his tragic life events. And these 
these things that he goes through can easily take a toll on anyone. He's born with Tourette's. And I think as like you kind of see him grow, it's hinted that he might have a learning disability. I would have to go rewatch it to see if they actually point it out. But they kind of pointed out like there's like the scenes with like the newspaper and like they mm-hmm. keep calling him. They, they call him the the R word. They, they do. Yeah. Yeah. The but, retard, you know, at the time, yeah, it, no, yeah, it wasn't. I don't, a, I don't appreciate it, but I understand. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, no, no. at the time, you know, it, that was the that was you the know, term I'm for not, it. It wasn't a I'm derogatory term. It. I'm just saying okay. like, I just wanted to. I wouldn't say it. Right. Yeah. I should. I should preface that the time of this film is taking place in 1922. Um, so which. I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more. That's a pretty important part of it. But so he has a learning disability. And because of that, he can't really go into school. So Harvey's mother ends up teaching him. And they're kind of low income. They're not very educated type of family. So he learns these things called facts. And it's spelled F-A-K-T-S. And he ends up wearing this little booklet around his neck kind of like a necklace that are just full of all of these little facts and throughout the whole entire film it's kind of cute because these different little facts will pop up as kind of a a narration and they're all misspelled and it's just kind of these simple little things it's like a chick-fil-a ad yeah and and just like (laughs) things he's experienced along the way um And so then, as you kind of get to see him grow up with his parents for a little bit, but however, it's the start of World War II, and unfortunately, kind of during this time, his parents tragically die from freezing to death outside due to their home being burned down. And Harvey, I don't remember where Harvey was at this time. I think he might have been with a friend's or something, but he was not home, and so his parents died, and he became an orphan, and because of that, he became a refugee, and he ended up in Australia. And so he begins to grow older, he kind of goes into adult life, but he continues to find his bad luck down each path he takes. And he develops asthma, he is struck by lightning, he has to have a metal plate put in his head, and kind of the list goes on of just the awfulness that happens to him. (laughs) But... Throughout the whole thing, how like Harvey doesn't let it get to him for the most part. You really get to see this beautiful and optimistic view of him. And he is a very free spirit, you come to find out. And he, a little hint, he likes to be naked. Um, well, who doesn't? He likes to just be naked and learn Put his facts. Put your hand down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I was in, so I used to live in Oregon and there's nudist beach and you would just come across them. There were no signs. And so you just got to be comfortable with nudity, plus the naked bike ride. So like, he yeah, doesn't want to be naked, man. Like what? Um, Put your hand down, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as he gets to grow older, he does find a little bit of luck because he finds a wife and they try to have a child but unfortunately they can't have a child so they don't stop there they adopt and they adopt this beautiful little girl who was born without hands and this is all still remember this is all done in claymation and so just like it's these little clay stubs and but the character that they create is still very beautiful um and their relationship grows he homeschools her he quits work i think and homeschools her and she learns her facts and she grows up to be a lawyer, I believe. I don't want to give too much away, but she moves away. And Harvey begins to grow older. And as he grows older, he has to be put into a home because he kind of starts losing his mind. 
And then this is kind of where the film's coming to an end. And he's sitting there kind of with other people in the old folks home, kind of contemplating his life. And without giving away the ending, I just want to say it it ends on a really beautiful note that especially elderly people, I think, could relate to. And it's very wholesome. Nothing, Nothing bad happens at the end, but it's very wholesome. And yeah, I don't know. I think it was a really, really good short. I I really do recommend it. The score is beautiful. Um, when they do have it, there's not a lot of music to it, but the sound effects that they do because it is all done in claymation and have to create that are just spectacular. They make it very lighthearted, mm-hmm. even though it's a very serious type of short. Um, and it it adds a lot of humor. Yeah, it adds a lot of humor to the plot. Which right, and it's very fun. It's very whimsical too. Definitely. What did you guys think? Uh, I, I I liked it. I'm usually kind of preconceived when it comes to claymation. Um, I just I feel like there's not a lot of like variation in styles, or at least I haven't seen that. And this movie had kind of like a Wallace and Gromit feel to it, which was very like as soon as I see it, I think dry British humor, right? Which is kind of what it was. It's Australian. Yeah. Well, that's why I said kinda. <laughs> um. I like that they used a very like dull kind of color palette for it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it was you know it's that's it. you're kind of getting like getting a, a, a an image of his life from the outside, mm-hmm. um, although like you know he sees his life, he only really sees the good in his life, you know, right? Um, and so it was kind of like an uplifting tale, even though it was like super super sad. Uh, have you guys ever heard the song, um, "The Man Who Couldn't Cry"? By Johnny Cash. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. It's just kind mm-hmm. of like this sad, like super ironic story of just like bad thing, like one after another mm-hmm. until it kind of just like a tipping point where everything changes and you you kind of like see the good in all the bad things. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It it to I... me it's sort of related to um the short we did um uh, before all of this, the the, I forget what it's called, um, but the people who, like the trees cautionary growing out tales. of her mouth. Yeah, cautionary tales. Yeah. It reminded yeah. me of that. A lot of just like whimsical, lighthearted, but bad things happening. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this too. And I'm, I'm the same with the same as Nick where like I already have this preconceived notion of like claymation and, and how I feel about her. Like, you know, it, it, it does have the Wallace and Grummet vibe to it. A little bit of Gumby. Almost yeah. just like in like mm-hmm. almost like the color palette style of mm-hmm. like everything just being kind of like this neutral color, and or like the old old Gumby, not like the right, not like the cool Gumby that we watched that one. Time. Right, the very vibrant, flamboyant Gumby. Yeah, no. I wasn't allowed <laughs> talking... to watch Gumby be- Gumby because my mom was terrified of it as a child because that it came out when she was a little kid, and she was mm-hmm. terrified of it, and she hates claymation because of it, and so I wasn't allowed Honestly. to watch it. So I've never seen an episode or show or whatever it is. I have a memory of like because I, I watched the show that was on in like the '90s where Gumby had like a rock band and I loved that show. <laughs> and then I remember my mom came home one day and she was like, "I bought you a Gumby DVD," and I was so hype. And she bought like a Gumby DVD from like the original Gumby, which is blood curdling, terrifying. But it's like watching a ripoff. Yeah, because it's like that doesn't look one. It doesn't look like Gumby. Yeah. Two, there's no like background. It is like he's just like sitting, standing in front of like a white screen, yeah. and it's just really. I don't know, off off putting, but back back to back to this. I enjoyed this story a lot, and I really enjoyed the scoring because like it is telling like a really like depressing story, 
and like the music is like kind of upbeat just enough to be like this is almost funny and then like by the end of it you're like man this was not this was not funny like yeah. it's funny but it's not like this mm-hmm. is this is a very almost, I don't want to say realistic it's like surrealistic where like it it isn't likely to happen but it definitely could happen and yeah. it is just it, it is great seeing him have like this it's great seeing a character have such a positive attitude mm-hmm. about about his life you know and he does have these weird little quirks like everybody he he ever meets he has to touch what was it he had to touch their noses their nose, no matter who yeah. it was yeah and he has asthma but he he's constantly smoking cigarettes and then he meets he you know he meets his wife who's one of the nurses that's treating him and then they you know they have this wonderful life together and then she just up and dies like while yeah. she's like frosting his birthday cake and it's all just so sad but put in this sort of like it felt like, and this this is super like out there, and I, I I'm sure that I'm gonna be the only one here that thinks it. It felt like it was being narrated by the same guy with the same tone as Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, of just like oh. everything that's really <laughs> happening here is not funny, but it's told in like a kind of funny like humorous way. Um, it's and, like yeah. it's like rain on your wedding day. Oh no! Or like kind of like a free ride that you just like couldn't take. Oh no. Is it now? <laughs> Sing it, Alanis. But like... isn't it ironic? <laughs> but yeah, I think it's uh, a really cute short overall, and tell, it tells a good story. Yeah, it's yeah. it. I, I highly recommend it. Yes, they they do use uh, they they do use the R word two times. So if you are sensitive, they do. To but that, keep in you, mind, you... it is keeping in reference to that time, and I don't think they're yeah. trying to do it to be derogatory or to say like to just because that word's not nice so yeah no it, it definitely wasn't like a in a malicious way and mm-hmm. um but yeah as a whole i i do really enjoy this i would i would definitely recommend this to somebody um who's not afraid of uh claymation because i can i understand that there is a minority of people that are absolutely terrified of it like mm-hmm. molly won't watch any of the claymation christmas uh movies which is weird that's what, that's oh, a great no, loss it's a great loss yes isn't it that is yeah, th- those movies are so beautiful. good yeah like you remember last christmas when we kept singing um the heat miser and snow miser yeah. like she has no I idea what those are i'm mr sun i'm mr 101 but yeah harvey crumpet is is really really good what are we rating it on tonight what are we Ooh, using? Are we Bago. 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 That will make sense later in this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to give this... Oh, go ahead. If, if, I, if I may, I'm going to go first. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this, out of 10, I'm going to give it seven great Fagos, and they're all cold. And they're in, a, they're in like they're in like one of those freezers that you bring to the gathering of the Juggalos. A freezer that you bring? You mean a cooler? Is that what it... <laughs> it is seven grape seven ice cold grape fagos i meant to say, what i was trying to say is one of those styrofoam coolers that yeah you, that you get to, from you get yeah. from kroger because yes. you, you like realized on your way to the gathering that you don't even own a cooler that's right woo, woo. yeah chug it back sitting in one of those like unfolding camping chairs that you also picked up at kroger because there was a sale <laughs> but yeah seven out of ten grape fagos what about you celeste i say yeah, I'm going to be in seven, too. I say seven cotton candy and red pop Fagos. There's a cotton candy flavored Fago? 
Yeah, there is. Wow. I don't really know what red pop is, but it kind of seems like <laughs> red pop. When you don't want a blue pop, you have a red pop. It hurt you a little bit, and this kind of what that film does. It hurts you a little bit. (laughs) 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 Um, I think I would give this film. Let me think. Yeah, I would probably give this film four Fago root beers, and then like a a fifth one that but it's flat. Yeah. So like four and a half. So this one's like a four and a half. Yeah, whatever you think four of a flat. Quarters. You know, I'll leave it's that like up to you. Four that's slightly trying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I did like it, but there were just a lot of things that kind of like, I don't know. It wasn't for um, you, and I totally seemed, get that. I think it, yeah, it just kind of seemed like a. There wasn't really anything about it that that I hadn't seen before, I guess. Which doesn't really, I can't really knock it on that that much because, you know, it's an older film. Right. But. Um, yeah, just not my not my brand. Hmm. Not your brand. I get to it. Each I get it. Their own. So you may be wondering why we're using Fago for this episode, <laughs> and that's because my film tonight <laughs> is called American Juggalo. It's about a twenty minute film. It's by uh, Sean Dunn. It's a glimpse into the life and worldview of the Juggalo subculture from various attendees of the annual gathering of Juggalos. And if you don't know what a Juggalo is, a Juggalo a is what? There's a song. There Literally is a called song. What is a Juggalo? Okay. Well, if you don't want to listen to the song and you don't know what a Juggalo is, it is basically it's a it's a a follower or a fan of of the Insane Clown Posse or the uh what's their record company? It's like the Psychopath Psychopath Records, I think. I don't I, um, I can't say that I know. Mm-hmm. I'm not fan. But if you would ask a Juggalo, they would say that a Juggalo or a Juggalette is someone who's down with the clown. To the dead in the ground. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. And so this film, it has no direct narrative. But it's it's kind of meant to serve as like an open platform for those who call themselves juggalos to explain what that means to them. There's no outside explanation or context to the film. There's just juggalos being juggalos. Um, and it kind of begins with like a montage of like late night partying, dancing, just some wild antics to give the audience a setting. Um, and there's like, it kind of like shows like a, just a bunch of people around the, the festival. There's like a guy riding in the back of a cutoff school bus. There's just a bunch of people in this cutoff school bus. And there's one guy in a clown mask and he's just pouring Fago all over himself. (laughs) Um, there's this pregnant woman who shows up multiple times throughout the short. She's just completely naked, just wandering around, um, taking pictures with people. Uh, and there's this like slow motion seeing this guy, like doing this kind of two step thing on a picnic table with a bunch of people watching him, just kind of like showing you the, 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 the different like people that are, that go to this kind of thing. Um, and the very first audio that you hear from like onset audio is just people chanting like whoop whoop and family family uh and if you've ever known a juggalo then those sounds are familiar to you <laughs> um and it just kind of goes goes through like a couple people like explaining 
how juggalos get kind of a bad rap because they're associated with like gangs and things like that. And there's one guy specifically who talks for a while and he's like, I'm not going to deny that there's, there's not juggalo gangs out there, but calling juggalos themselves a gang is kind of a misunderstanding of the whole thing, which is true. Yeah. Um, you know, not everybody out then I will say if you've ever listened to ICP or those, the artists of that ilk are like their, their music is very violent. And what? just <laughs> very, very, very just kind of like uh, morally disturbed, I guess. I don't know. But and there's this girl who is just kind of like plastered to this car seat and they interview, they interview her inside the car and they ask her um, what it means to be a juggalo or juggalette. And she, and <laughs> she says, she says that. It means that you do fucking shit you want to do, and you don't give two fucking shits about it. And she's just like sucking on this lollipop, and she's on what she says, e and vodka. Which what would that mean? Would I, that be I, e I'm, and vodka. I think it's it's ecstasy and vodka. Yeah, it's ecstasy. And because vodka. this is this was before Molly hit the scene. That's my wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> but she's very funny, and she seems to just love juggalos. She asks. They ask her what 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 attracts her to juggalos or why she became a juggalo, and she just she just wants to hug them. She just thinks they're so cute, and I don't understand her. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get her. But we're um, not here to offend. We're not here to offend the juggalo community. Uh, one of my favorite characters. One of my favorite characters. Uh, this guy just in a lawn chair, and he's kind of recouping from some blackout, and he's he's retelling it to the the camera crew. Um, let's just say he's retelling it to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's very disoriented and he's just like talks, starts talking about how good of a cookie is and he wants to get a skinny bitch. He wants to make her real fat so they can lose weight together and bond. That is so wholesome though. (laughs) It is, right? Isn't it? (laughs) It's righteous. That's what he keeps saying. (laughs) Um, and my all time favorite character from this documentary is a girl who calls herself Maniac. She says it's her first year of the gathering. She, she is wild. She, I don't think she even like stops to take a breath the whole time she's talking. Um, and she's she claims that that people always say that she's on drugs, but she's not on drugs. She's high on life. Um, she is a character. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, and so, so throughout the film, we see a bunch of people with um, like face paint and the insane clown posse style, you know, or interpretations of that. Um, and then we see a guy who's actually like getting his face spray painted. But like, wait, yeah, because it's like spray paint from like a can, like it's legitimately yeah, spray, it's it's spray paint, paint from a can. Yeah, yes, mm. that you're supposed yeah, to use spray. on. Anything but your body, really. Um, oh my god! Literally, I what I just said. Literally, literally halfway through spray painting his face, he stops and looks at the camera and says, "Don't spray paint your face," <laughs> and then continues to do it. And they even spray like in his mouth. Oh. I feel real bad for this guy. Nah, dude, that's fam. Um, that's fam. And there's there's this scene where this guy is like he's. He's uh, pulling, try, he's, I think he's searching through his bag for like mushrooms and he's talking to the camera telling him that, you know, about how, you know, juggalos, they're just like members of society, you know, you can't judge them. And he's like, our whole thing is that we want controlled anarchy. And he, <laughs> and as he says, 
that they can still part they can party and still maintain themselves appropriately right beside him is a is that same completely naked pregnant woman <laughs> getting her picture taken of this random guy pretending to lick her boob <laughs> it's just oh, he does. the juxtaposition of everything we in live this in film. A society <laughs> um they interview these people in a tent doing whippets for a while that's very interesting whippets um, don't stop they they don't uh, there's a, there's a guy that he's he says he's on dialysis and he's been waiting for a transplant for years <laughs> and like he gives us like kind of a really sad story and like you, you like that's the moment in the film where it kind of like turns to like oh this isn't like just funny it's like this people's like lifestyle and yeah. like they they really cling on to this and you know even though they're going through like things like this like their their want is still to be you know at this festival like this guy is like basically dying and he like yeah. wants to be at this festival with these people you know right um and then right after that his buddy lights this explosive and throws it in this field <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like a light explosive no like, it leaves the, a crater it, in like, this field and it's yeah. so loud that like the sound completely goes out yeah and like you just hear people screaming uh, and then right after that is probably my least favorite part of this film, where it's this guy just doing his own kind of freestyle. I think I don't know if I don't know if he's a he is a recorded artist, but he just does this kind of freestyle that is just super violent. Talks about killing and raping women with a broomstick. But you know, this is the kind of music that this culture cultivates. Cultivates, yes. Um, and there's a six month pregnant woman smoking with all with I guess her family or her fam. Uh, and they're talking about, is she talking about how this is the village that she wants her child to be raised in? Mm-hmm. I think she should be in jail. <laughs> um, and then there's a straight edge juggalo crew that they interview. Um, and there are a lot of people there that, that aren't in face paint. They aren't like wearing like ICP t-shirts and like, they, they don't look like they would belong at the gathering, you know, right. but they're there. They're just like partying like everybody else. Um, and the, the, the people in this straight edge juggalo crew, like they say that they're, they're like managers where they work. You know, they, they're just trying to like level with people like say like, you know, we are, we're the people next to you. Right. Um, there's a guy, this is one of, this is kind of sad, but there's a guy who has a sign around his neck that says 21 year old virgin trying to get lucky. And they interview him for a little bit and they're like, you know, do you think this is going to work for you? And he's like, no, not no me, man. I'm I'm crazy. I kill people or I stab people. <laughs> and then at that point, you don't really feel bad for him anymore. But <laughs> probably the saddest part in this film, other than the the pregnant woman and you know the smoking pregnant woman, is there's like a whole family yeah. in, in in full face paint with two small children who just look completely terrified, and the mom is just like, oh. The, the kids are so excited they just got their picture with shags and violent jay um and like we're here it's all about fam it's all about fam here we're all just fam these are my kids they're like six whoop, like, whoop. yeah whoop, whoop. <laughs> but i will say that this film has one of the best endings i've ever seen in a short film hmm. it's kind of just b-roll of all these different characters um a lot of them i think i think pretty much all the ones that they show are like people in like different face paints right they're and like I feel like that kind of shows like the different it shows like the different characteristics of these people that listen to music like there's people who have like super elaborate like decorative face paints people who have like just like the normal like shaggy and jay violent jay face paint uh there's like a boston bruins style like clown 
face paint man. Um, <laughs> face paint man. But the whole time it's voiced over by this guy just kind of like um, giving this heart to heart. And it's just like, it's, it's very like unashamed and honest and almost poetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends his speech by declaring that he is an American juggalo. Um, and then that's followed by a couple whoop whoops <laughs> and then this like just abrupt bold title card and the credits and it honestly gives me chills like every time I watch it it's so good yeah, it, it, it's the really ending good. is the, that documentary is very very good mm. so what did you guys think uh, yeah Celeste what did you think I I really did enjoy this documentary I kind of started out in documentary with film so I always love to watch a good one and I did really enjoy it. I grew up with some people who are really into ICP, and they were like this. Like, they did the hair. They went to school like that. I was in probably, like, early – I was in, like, fifth or sixth grade during this time, and they were probably in, like, sixth or seventh, maybe eighth grade, like, junior high time. Right. That's when it gets them. hard. And they – I guess I just didn't realize then how, like, crazy and intense it was because that music kind of scared me i was afraid of clowns like i just i was good friends with them funny enough they're really nice people which i think that's why i ended up really liking this documentary because it reminded me of them and i haven't thought about them in a very long time and i just kind of brought out home of like yeah they were the nice guys they were the people i hung out all the time with when for Mm. for a brief period of time um because i didn't go to that school weird side story but like it just that's why i just really liked the documentary and it got i thought it showed i watched it a couple of times and i thought it showed a very unbiased unbiased viewpoint for the most part i think that the craziness attracted the camera obviously but yeah. mm-hmm. i think it did do a good job of trying to let you see some like some good parts of it like although a lot of it was trashed you get to see a lot of the community picking up the large amounts of trash and trying to put it in trying like throw it away and like you get to see that at concerts normally but it was kind of cool to see like a community actually does that instead of just like two or three people at the end of the concert like save the environment like it was the community doing it i was actually researching when i when i uh started researching about this film i was actually reading there's like articles about actual like um juggalo like community crews who will go and like pick up trash in their community which is really? kind of interesting, yeah. It's like it's not something you'd think because they're very like, like against the grain, like, um, like it's anarchy, like no rules. Man. Yeah. And you, but you got to pick up your trash, man. Like, <laughs> it, it's very interesting to see like a movement like that from a culture like that. Right, right. I. So I have a few things that I wanted to to bring up. When you told me you were doing American Juggalo, because mm-hmm. um, we had watched it um, a few months ago, it was late at night. I can't remember what we were doing. I think it was like 10, 10 or 11. You're like, dude, we should watch American Juggalo right now. And I was like, okay, put it on. And yeah, it was like going on like a, a roller coaster of just like, this is real. Like, this isn't like, this isn't the Workaholics episode where they go to the Gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is the Gathering of the Juggalos. That's the very first episode of Workaholics I saw. And I like fell in love with that show because of that same, episode. Same. Yeah. I, I was like, this is, this is so good. And... I don't know. I think that this this documentary does a really good job of like obviously showing you all of the stereotypes and but also like showing like there there are regular people that are into this and people that 
have families and like are are making you know a salary and like becoming like you know i guess quote-unquote upstanding members of society that are at the gathering of the juggalo slamming fagos getting the most whoop whoop that they can with their fam and it's it is it is powerful and yeah my my favorite scene is the scene of the guy just blowing a crater in the middle of his field (laughs) and it's just like how on earth is this a thing i grew up going to like warp tour where if you kicked someone like you were you were escorted out (laughs) so so imagine like a place where you could blow a crater in the earth and they're just like yeah and you know what's crazy about that what knowing what you just said Mm -hmm. my stepbrother who was a juggalo when he was younger got kicked out of the gathering for fighting that's insane yeah that's no i fake news so there were there were two things that i wanted to bring up though some uh some ICP fun facts, oh, if God. you will. Uh, so, thing number one that I thought that should be mentioned here is that ICP has their own board game called The Quest for Shangri-La. Yes. Yeah. And it is like an action playing like Dungeons and Dragons, but ICP. <laughs> and it just, it exists. Shangri-La it, is like a whole separate thing in Juggalo lore. It's not, it's not the same Shangri-La that, we, that you know of, if oh, you know not? of. No, I don't think so. It says here that it's uh, that it takes the minimum two hours to play. That's a oh good my. game. That That's that a is a game. game. It's actually like a pretty well-rated game too. Like on a scale of one to I, ten. I've actually like, heard I've I've heard really good things about it. Um, I, I remember f- one of my uh, good friends. It was really really into board games, and he's the one that told me about it. Mm-hmm. And I watched like a like a playthrough of the board game. Oh, this, this was probably like three or four years ago. Yeah. But yeah, it it looks like it's a really fun game. Should we invest? I think we should. <laughs> in the midst of the pandemic, should we invest in the quest for Shangri-La? Do you know how much it is? Um, because we have to match the cost in Fago if we buy that game. Ooh, let's see. I'm trying to buy it right now, actually. <laughs> um, buy a copy. No listings have been found. My, I knew a guy back in like 2014. Probably limited I went, release. Honestly, yeah, I went to I went to Ohio back in uh, like 2014. Visited some friends, and my friend Nathan, who's living up there, <clears throat> he said that he found it at Goodwill, and he had just a copy of the Quest for Shangri La. And I was like, "This is fake. There's no way this is a real thing." And lo and behold, there it was, sitting in his closet. The Quest for Shangri La, the ICP action role playing game. <laughs> um, wow. And, and the other fun fact that I wanted to give, because um, Nick was asking at the beginning of this, you know, what is a juggalo? And I said, there's a song that actually will tell you what a juggalo is. And yep. I was curious if you would like to hear, if you'd like me to read off just a little bit of what, from the words, from a juggalo's mouth, yes. what a juggalo is. What is a juggalo? Let me think for a second. Well, and here's where it's going to already take a really bizarre turn. Well... He gets butt naked and then he walks through the streets, winking at the freaks with a two liter stuck in his butt cheeks. Of Fago. <laughs> what is a juggalo? He just don't care. Don't care. He, he, might, try to put a weave, he might try to put a weave in his nut hair because oh, he could give a fuck less what a bitch thinks. He tell her that her butt stinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be honest. Oh, juggalos. There's some integrity there. Comma and all that, <laughs> and it just goes into the. Love next. that show. Yeah, like 
It's amazing because it is literally its own like mini society of people that communicate with each other in a language, like almost a separate language. And it is so wild that mm-hmm. it, that it, it, it literally that the juggalo culture literally exists. It is its own like universe. It's kind of like a yeah. It's like a what's the thing? What the what's the diagrams called? They're like this. The Venn diagram. The Venn di- so it's kind of like a Venn diagram. If you were to take like white trash and like gangster rap, yeah, and like like kind of cross them over, and then have another Venn diagram of um, corn syrup sodas, and then put that in there. Nick's doing hand gestures of a Venn diagram. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey man, it's still Cinco de Mayo for me. <laughs> it's May fifth somewhere. So how many fagos <laughs> are you gonna give this, buddy? This documentary is special to me. I love this documentary so much. Mm. It has got me through some tough times in my life. Mm. Not really. I'm just bullshitting right now. <laughs> um, say, okay. <laughs> but no, I really think this documentary is definitely one of the best I've ever seen. Especially short. I I don't think I would say that it's necessarily unbiased. Um, because like the, the the first half, or no, I wouldn't even say the first half. Pretty much all of the movie up to the end is very like 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 comedic. Like it's, it's only kind of showing like a comedic side of it, right. which is honestly probably hard to miss there or hard to work around, but. I would have to give this film seven 12-packs of Fago Moon Mist. Whoa. And then a two-liter, let's say a two-liter of Fago Root Beer. Because actually, I think that's the best thing that they make is their root beer. You know, I've never actually drank, like, drank a Fago. We need to make a Sheets run then because they're always stocked. <laughs> they are always stocked up. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had one either. Well, I know what we're doing as soon as we can all get back together. And I do want to say, I do want to say, Sean Dunn also made an American Juggalo Two, which is a much sadder film that that has like it actually has a narrative. It follows one character, and he who kind of like lost his legs via train track on a drunken night, I think, and uh, just kind of follows like him and like what what Juggaloism means to him and how it's impacted him. Um, And he also made a a film, a full length film. Um, in a, in a town kind of close to my my hometown in West Virginia, it's called Oxiana, and it kind of shows it sh- it kind of shows like the depravity of of coal miner culture, um, and how drugs how kind of like how drugs and coal mining culture kind of overlapped with each other, mm-hmm. and the negligence of pharmaceuticals like big pharma, yeah. It's an amazing documentary, and I I would suggest that over American Juggalo if if you're like I don't really want to watch I'm only gonna watch one thing but I, you know I'm scared of clowns right yeah I'm scared of clowns if you <laughs> if you're scared of clowns watch Oxiana what would you grade this film Nick um so I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give this eight Fagos I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a four Rock and Rise and then I'm gonna give it what is that one they have like a they have it's like Ohana something. It's Fago, but it's like yeah, Ohana. Yeah, it's Ohana. Yeah, yeah. The the Ohana lemonade and iced tea. So four rock and rise, four lemonade and iced teas, eight out of ten. So good. Cannot recommend this enough. Woop woop. 
Whoop, store whoop. brand. Store brand. Whoop, whoop. Not fan. What about I you, think, Celeste? I think I'm gonna give it. A, Nick, you and Nixie, you and I are on the same wave because I'm gonna give We're it eight Fagos as well. Um, I'm going to give it two candy apples, and I think six moon moon mist. Is that moon mist? Yeah. Moon mist. Yes, because this documentary is out of this world. It is insane. It is one of a kind. But I truly do recommend it. I do like it. Well, now I want to go back and give it nine. <laughs> well, technically, you gave it like forty because you gave it twelve packs, man. <laughs> because I feel like I like this. Like I feel like I, I appreciate this film more. Nick, you gave it twelve. You gave it seven twelve packs. I think you like it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, fine. That's, that's I just want that to be said. It's a lot of Fago. That no. I, I do like this film. Not even the amount that they all drink, though. I'm just saying that what we, did didn't you say? give, we didn't give it a single 12 pack. That's you true. gave it seven 12 that's packs. That's true. I also didn't know that was in the range until Nick came into play, so I had already based my opinion. That's, yeah. There you go. There you have it. Fair all right. <laughs> all right, all Nick. Right. See what you got for us. All right. So. I've got our submission for this week. Um, so we're, I'm doing something a little bit different. Um, I received three short films from a man named uh, Paco Garcia. I really hope I'm saying that right. Paco, if I'm not, I'm so sorry. Um, but he filmed three like minute and a half long shorts while being quarantined. Um, and so I wanted to discuss the three of these. Um, and Sorry, I completely goofed there. I wanted to talk about these three shorts. Uh, the first one is called Man vs. Fluff, which shows, I assume, Paco, like, constantly sweeping the same dust bunnies, and then, like, they return to him as he's trying to smoke a bowl. Paco is very clearly a stoner. Like, there is, he is unapologetically a stoner, which, like... Amen, brother. You do you, man. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the second short is called Watch Dish, uh, and it shows um, Paco, like, doing dishes, but then being, like, inevitably overwhelmed by dishes. Um, everywhere he turns, there's dishes constantly surrounding him. He, like, the, the dishes, like, begin to assimilate life and chase him into his closet. And then he wakes up from a nightmare and he thinks, it's all over, it's a bad dream. And then he, look, he, like, whips the blanket back and there's even more dishes and he screams. And that's the end of the second one. Then the final one, which was my personal favorite, is called The Lime and the Flame. Um, this short, um, follows Paco making, I think, a cucumber salad. I don't really mm-hmm. eat salad. That's what it looks like. I don't eat salad. I don't eat anything like that. The only cucumbers I eat are pickled. Um, but, but yeah, he, he's he's making the salad, and like he, he quickly realizes that he's missing lime. And so he orders the limes online. He assembles like this like, hazmat suit that can only really be compared to Charlie and Max hazmat <laughs> suits that he made, that they made in the quarantine episode. Foreshadowing. Um, and then he gets the limes and he like takes off all his stuff. He throws it in the wash and he sits back down to pack a bowl yet again. And his lighter dies and he does his, what I would call his signature yell. Cause at the end of like, at the end of, I think all three shorts, he yells like, no, like Darth Vader at the end of revenge of the Sith. (laughs) But I want to review all three because they're only a minute and a half long. And like he he sent them he sent them to me and was like you can review you know any of these you want and I was like is it cool if I just review all three because like all three are shorter than Nick and Celeste's <laughs> mm, um, yeah so but I wanted to 
I wanted to dive into this a little bit because normally we review like kind of artsy films or these like weird underground experimental things. We don't really do like a ton of lighthearted stuff like this. Yeah. Like, you know, when Molly was on the episode, we did Bow, and that was, I think, was the most. We tend to go deep tracks only. Yeah, yeah. no hits. <laughs> um, so here's what I think these shorts are goofy as hell. And, like, the underpaid medical staff trying to fight SARS-2, Electric Boogaloo, (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. They're essential. (laughs) This guy, Paco, he's quarantined at home and makes these three super weird shorts. Like, zany, strange, fun. Um, Mm -hmm. They're not artistic masterpieces, but I don't think that's the point of it. Like, I don't think these were made due to boredom and a ton of free time either, though. And this may sound like kind of dumb, maybe cheesy, maybe I'm being weird. Feel free to say like Nick, I don't, I don't get it. That doesn't Nick, I don't get it. Okay, yeah. sorry, I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, no, I. But I, but I think like in a time where it is becoming increasingly difficult to remain positive, we need content like this, like something kind of goofy that maybe we can all relate to, and like the amount of times that I've been like I've washed dishes during like this quarantine is insane. It just, it seems like they're always there. Like, I will do all the dishes, and then I will make dinner. And then as soon as, like, as soon as I'm done with dinner, I look in the sink, and there's a thousand dishes. And I'm like, I literally used one pot and one pan. How did this happen? Um, and and the amount of times, like, recently, especially, like, that, that I've swept the living room, and then I sit down on the couch, and then moments later, like, there's just stuff next to the couch again. I don't know where it's coming from. Um, and even, even the other night, I was making dinner, um, I was making pasta and I was out of butter and luckily Nick was already out and was able to, um, pick up butter for me. But like, I got been... you boy. Thank you. But that could have been me. Just like having to put on my hazmat suit, run down to food lion and pick up butter only to realize that I forgot salt or something. That would never be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that would never be me. What do you mean? <laughs> you won't leave the house. I leave that. I work 40 hours a week. How dare you? That's the only place you go. I go to Food Lion quite frequently. My wife told me to stop going to Food Lion. Mm-mm. Whatever. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is, like, these shorts feel very human. These things that, like, we never thought we were going to live without now seem kind of like luxuries. Um, and I don't know about you, but straight up, I would really give anything to get things to go back to normal. Like, I, oh, I, would, man, I, would, I would do anything. I would anything at this point. Left nut, right nut, you whichever they, I'll you take them both. I just want, I just want reality back. <laughs> the simulation must end. <laughs> um, these these shorts, in my opinion, are two minute glimpses into topical problems that we're all facing, and it's nice to watch these and kind of laugh, knowing deep down, we're definitely all going a little insane, but at least we're all going insane together. Mm-hmm. I. I really enjoyed these and they're not something that I would typically enjoy because they're goofy because they're wholesome and because like really they don't have any like they're not they're not artistic and they don't have some deep rooted meaning it is just a very plain cut straight to the point here is what we as an entire planet are feeling right now Mm -hmm. I I really I love these I think that they were exactly what I needed during during all of this my only complaint would be the way that Paco yells no at the end. No. Of, it, it takes me out of it every single time because right. I'm like, I'm it's, like it's, yeah, that's me. And then he does that. I'm like, nope, that's nope. Would never do that. It's it's very like uh, 
there's a camera recording me. I need to make a certain. I need to make this sound. Yeah. I need to make the right yeah. sound. And it's funny because like all the other sounds that he's making throughout are pretty like are like they're going with it. He yeah. like when he realizes that he's missing the line and like he turns his head really quick and he makes the like noise. Yeah. Every, every yeah. single time. That's I love that. It's yeah. <laughs> when he turns around to look at the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I that would be my only complaint. And I know that's petty. It's silly, but I I enjoyed these. I I think that they like so many other films like this are very important right now. Just something to kind of mm-hmm. something to take the edge off in a time where we're worrying about a pandemic and potentially bees. So yeah, but no, I totally agree. I think if I had stumbled upon these films at any other time, that I would have given them a quick glance, probably would have moved over because they are short, simple to the point. But when you put it in the context of like what we're going through now and that the fact that he made them while he's in quarantine, I think it just really shows that. Like, even me, I'm working, and it's just the same day-to-day activity, and it's really mind-boggling, and it just really tears you down. So I think this is really just kind of like a good comedic relief to be like, oh, man, we're not suffering alone. We're all suffering together, and you can can make a bit of a laugh about it um, and not have to be down in the dumps. Exactly. You're not alone in this. Everybody, most everybody is feeling the same way that you feel. Yeah. Um, Nick, what'd you think? This isn't something that I would, I would pick out for this podcast. Right. Um, it's not really something that if I watched, I would really, um, make a note of in my mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do appreciate the comedy of it. My favorite was the third, the, uh, the lime and the flame. Yeah. yeah. I like that one. That one was pretty funny. And I think this guy has a real talent for, um, for, for, Cinematography. Well, that's not what I was gonna say. He has a. I think he has a real talent for like product photography. Oh yeah. Like the way that he can mm-hmm. like he that he focuses on things and like um he like, gets it in there close with with the items, especially in that third one, like with the lines and everything. It shows you like making the salad. Yeah. I don't know if he's. I don't know much about his work, but I don't know if he's like worked in product photography or mm-hmm. not. But same. I don't. I don't know. Too he's much definitely about got it. some know how in that that department. Yeah. Absolutely. But. I I definitely would knock it for the the same reason you would the, the screen like when I watched the first one I was like I kind of rolled my eyes when that happened um, I thought it was like I thought it was funny and I like his hairstyle because we kind of have the exact same hairstyle that's very true I've even got like the streaks of gray because um, you're old I'm old <laughs> my <aunt's> so old <laughs> so fragile <laughs> I don't remember this Alanis Morissette song So I also think that the cinematography in this is actually like really good. Like the quick cuts are really good. Um, yeah. I think for again somebody that is like stuck in his house for the foreseeable future, I think that he made the best of best of his time and did something did something whimsical. I don't know if whimsical is the the right word. Just something, I guess, to take the edge off. Um, what would you What would you give these shorts, Celeste? I think. You know, just because they are quick and simple and they don't go into a lot of detail, I I would initially off the bat give it something kind of like lower. But because I think I agree he has a knack for, you know, film or photography, you can see that there is 
not just, you know, this guy who's bored and making a video. It's this guy who does have a little bit of talent, whether he knows it or not, but I think he knows right. it. So a I think bit, a little I bit of talent, a little bit of line. Go ahead, Nick. Nick Nick just said something funny. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, I think I'm gonna go ahead and give this seven fagos. I don't know what kind I'm gonna give. I don't know what's a heartwarming fago. <laughs> I think like like lemon lime, or if they have a cucumber, First that would be. Yeah. They do have a lemon lime. It's called twist. Okay, I'm gonna give it. No, I think that's one of the rappers on the psychopath label. And a half drank peach, so like seven point five. Nice. Has been yeah. really on this episode. You and I are really kind of on the same brain. Because I'm gonna do the same thing. I, I I wanted to give it four four regular colas, three twists, and then like a glass of grape. <laughs> so seven and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think I would give this like I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a two liter of grape, mm. which I don't like. You don't like grape? No, I don't like grape soda. Oh, I think that's oh, a oh man. No, it's a terrible a way to live your life. That is. I really don't like grape flavored anything. I love grapes, but if it's grape flavored, it usually does not taste like grapes at all, and it's kind of gross. Mm. Okay. One two liter of Fago lemon lime diet. Mm. One two liter of Fago. Cherry sparkling water. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. A, a two liter of Fago Arctic Sun. And a fucking Fago Moon Mist poured on your face. Oh, shit. Yes. How many Fagos is that? Oh. So that's like, that's like 4.7. 4. 4. 4.7 Fagos. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Man, I really want a Fago right now. Fago is actually not know, bad. Like, like if you don't. Stigma? It's kind of like. It's kind of like the. Hmm, let me think of. It's kind of like the Little Caesars of sodas. Well, like Little it, Caesars isn't bad, but... right? It's like it's like it's not it's it's pizza, yeah, and it tastes like pizza, and it's got like the cheese and the sauce and the bread. But you gotta fucking like, if if you bought it, you gotta commit. Yeah, you, know? you gotta eat that. Yeah, you gotta eat it. You can't. You can get Little Caesars, but you can't be like, oh, my favorite authentic Italian pizzeria, Little Caesars. Right, like, you can't do that. <laughs> right, right. I understand. I understand what you're saying. But at the same time, it's like it's only five dollars. And it's quick. I can just go through the drive-through and go home. Maybe I get some crazy bread if I'm at it. Like, I'm feeling it, nuts. It's just like Fago, man. It's, it's it's a slippery slope. Like once you start drinking Fago, I don't know if you can stop. And then like next thing you know, you're you're bathing in it. Next thing you know, you're fam, dude. And next thing you know, you're sponsored. <laughs> you're fam. Next thing you know, you're at the gathering of the Juggalo backstage. Yeah, selling Fago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So before we go, I did want to say one thing. Um. On the last episode, we reviewed Dead Ringer by Nathaniel Upshaw, mm-hmm. and uh, he enjoyed our review, uh, but he wanted to say that uh, mayonnaise does belong on tuna, which I oh, almost tempted yes, to... I agreed. No, 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 no you Neanderthals, podcast, yes. no. <laughs> mayonnaise belongs no, I, I in the garbage, yeah, and that's the only acceptable place. only place it belongs is, is trash, <laughs> um, but he did want to say that his film Dead Ringer... Uh, is now streaming on Amazon Prime. He got a distribution nice. deal, and so wanted to say congrats, Nathaniel. That's awesome. We're looking forward to seeing what other work dude. you do. Um, we'll put that link in the episode description. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We'll definitely do that. I hear that in podcasts well, all the time. <laughs> you look so, so excited to say that. Like, oh my gosh, we can do that. We literally can. I felt bad because there was no place to watch it, and now Amazon Prime. Perfect place to watch it. Um... But yeah, so anyways, 
Give it a give it a watch. Tell us what you think. Let him know what you think. Leave good reviews. Mm-hmm. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to the Lesser Lights podcast. If you want to follow us on Facebook, we're at Lesser Lights Productions. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's Lights Lesser. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Lesser Lights Film. If you have a short film that you'd like to email to us, uh, it's Lesser Lights Productions at gmail.com. As always, we could not have made this more difficult. Uh, Nick, is there anything you want to add? Anything you'd like to say? I would like another margarita. Um, no, no more salt. I still got salt on probably about like five eighths of that rim. How about Just some mayonnaise in, in a cup. Do you want mm. slapped? <laughs> Do I want slapped? <laughs> Celeste, did you have anything you wanted to add? You look like you. You look like you wanted to say something. To be... <laughs> I know. I'm <laughs> sitting at the edge of my seat. Um, no, I'm just really happy to be back, and I've missed the podcast, and I've missed you guys, and you. I'm happy to be reviewing shorts again, so yay! Right, and keep those shorts coming, like, we we yeah, had a, we have a list of shorts, yeah, we have a list of shorts, and actually last week, like, we got a whole bunch more, so just Woo. keep them coming, like, we, we are loving this, this has been, this has been so much fun, um, if you guys could... If you could go on to iTunes and rate us at Lesser Lights uh, Podcast, um, five stars, please. That would be fantastic. That would be great. Yeah. It really does help. It really does. They stay there. <laughs> She's bringing back diamond rings. There he goes. He was... Flipping in a pocket every time. Can you sing one more song before we before we end the sound test? I can sing any song you want. Can you sing the Encarnacion song? <laughs> Encarnacion. Encarnacion.